Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Susan Sly. How are you, Susan? Shahid, I am outstanding. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited to be oh, here. It's, a, it's an honor. It's an honor. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know we had some technical issues uh, as we begun the episode, but now we have resolved it. Like You're being very just... kind. I didn't plug a cord in, so <laughs> no, like, no. let's just call it what it is. <laughs> you know, I've done those kind of things many times, so it's, uh, it's, it's okay. It's always the simple things, you know? You never look at, you just start thinking, oh, it's something major, but it's really usually is something very small, especially with Zoom. Um, so we always like to kind of allow our guests to introduce themselves in their own words, and we'll take it from there. Well, the I think the, the biggest thing in terms of being an entrepreneur, so you could Google me and, you know, see like CNN and CNBC and Fox and, you know, all these other things, best-selling author. But what a lot of people don't know is in 2000, I was homeless. So I have been an entrepreneur since I was 11 years old. And my idea of entrepreneurship, this is back before the internet, was definitely around brick and mortar, right? And so by the time I was 24 years old, I bought my first business. I owned a health club. I had 56 staff. I thought I knew what I was doing. And, and I was that kind of personality, Shahid, where I was like, as long as I'm doing the marketing and I'm hustling and I'm grinding and all this stuff, it's all going to be fine. But what I didn't know was how to read a PL. I didn't know a cash flow statement, projections. And so one day when I was 27 years old, I was diagnosed with MS. And then three days later, my marriage fell apart. And 16 weeks later on Good Friday, I walked into my health club and there was a padlock on the door. So I went bankrupt. I was sick. I was a single mom and I became homeless on my brother-in-law's sofa. Now, the reason I mention this is there are so many people out there who want to be entrepreneurs. 68% of Americans alone say, yes, I want to own a business. But of that 68%, only 8% of them ever take the leap. And the biggest thing I want to start by saying is, yes, you can look at me, co-founder of Radius AI, less than 2% of companies in America have, uh, tech companies have at least one female founder. We're in that 2%. Uh, so you can look at all the things I've done. But to quote the late Natalie Cole is to say, you only see the glory, you don't know the story. So from homeless, bankrupt, divorce, sick, given a death sentence, I was told I'd be in a wheelchair in 10 years, dead in 20. Shahid, you are not seeing an AI. I am turning 50 this year. I'm not dead. And, um, and you know, just I want all of the listeners to know in this show that if it's possible for me, it's possible to, for you because I know a lot of people are going through a lot of stuff right now and don't give up on your entrepreneurial dreams. That's a beautiful, beautiful way to put it because there's a lot of fear, right? When they when they look at entrepreneurship, it's very attractive, but they hear all these horror stories about people failing and it holds people back. But stories like yourself, I'm honored to share on the show because the more we bring awareness to this, the more we can get these people that are thinking about entrepreneurship to not just think and actually get into action and do learn from this kind of information and take action. And uh, so I'm grateful that you're sharing your story here. 
So you talk about this media. How did you get into media? Well, you know, it's interesting um, how people's journey shifts. So I was back in, oh gosh, so back before social media, um, a long time ago in a galaxy far away. So I was on television and radio. So I was on television five days a week. I had a little show that came on before the nightly news and I was giving health and wellness tips. And then I was on a Sunday morning radio show and it was all around health. So I came from a media background. Um, I'm not in media now. I'm in technology, AI, computer vision. Um, but the I think that the biggest thing with media back in those days was unlike social media, which allowed a platform for so many people to become their own media celebrity, the, you know, and the question is, would the Kardashians be the Kardashians if they could only do television, if they didn't have social media to continue to give their viewers and their fans that, um, that additional piece. And so for me, I started media, um, I became a media celebrity until I lost everything. And it's amazing how fast the tables can turn because my divorce was written about in the newspaper. And I suddenly went from that person who gets, you know, free dinner, here's a bottle of wine to um, essentially being shunned and having to start my life over again. In terms of the things I have done um, in building multiple businesses, there's always been a media component. I was one of the first, if not the first, health and wellness coach online in 1995. So I had an e-commerce site before a lot of people were coming to the internet. And I really saw the vision of what the internet could be. I saw that eventually it would be a platform for everyday people to start businesses very inexpensively because the moment I put up my site, I suddenly had like major league baseball players and celebrities who wanted to work with me because back in those days before Google existed, when you were hunting around the internet, it was very organic. I was the only person that came up in that space. And so from there, the traditional media that I've had has been very, very organic. Recently, Radius was just nominated as one of the top five AI companies in the United States. So we just had a big media piece. I sit on the Forbes Business Council, so I'm constantly quoted in Forbes magazine. I'm a big believer in organic media, but I'm also a big believer that regardless of the kind of entrepreneur you are, you need to be looking at social media as your platform is something you might not want to do, but it's something you do every single day in order to get the word out. Because the reason that when I look on my news feed, right? So my Apple news, it's a Kardashian, or it's Meghan and Harry, or it's what JLo is wearing. These people are so media savvy that they know that our attention spans are so small, Shahid, that they that if they're not in our feed every single day, we'll forget about them. And it's the same thing that's true of your customers, whether you own a really small business, whether you have a podcast. I can even tell you, my show goes to 141 countries around the world, and I have one person on my team, and he's constantly deploying about the show, about the episodes and tagging people multiple times a day on each platform because people forget just like that. So media has been not something I've focused on. It's something that's happened very organically, but it's something I understand that's just part of the daily ethos of being an entrepreneur. It is. It is. It's so true because media is, is what helps you get known. And by getting known, it helps you do what you do best because people will know of you right and that consistency is so important you mentioned um celebrity status right 
has it shifted from back then? Or you weren't able to piggyback on that and continue on into your entrepreneurship journey? Interesting you should ask that because if I, I just graduated from MIT and I think if I was going to do a PhD, one of the things I'd be looking at is sociology and asking this question, can an entrepreneur be successful without being a celebrity? And so let's look at celebrity culture. So I um, I wrote a, a blog on this recently. So if you look at someone like Reese Witherspoon, she sold Hello Sunshine for $900 million. Um, Kylie Jenner, youngest billionaire on the cover of Forbes. Uh, you look at these celebrities who become entrepreneurs. Kim Kardashian is a billionaire with her Skims brand and all of her other things. And we're in a world where celebrities become entrepreneurs can entrepreneurs compete with celebrities without becoming one? And my hypothesis is actually no. And so I'll give you some real examples. Elon Musk. Okay. Elon Musk is a celebrity in his own right. How is it that his tweets, like his, you know, social media platform choice, Twitter, which he, you know, might end up buying depending on how things go. Um, how is it that he has millions and millions of followers and, you know, he's even said, you know, I, I tweet from the bathroom and yet people are just so ensconced in what Elon has to say. He's become a celebrity. He's built um, his track record, you know, multi many multi-billion dollar companies, SpaceX, PayPal, Tesla, the boring company. And then I look at even in my world. So to give people perspective, I co-founded Radius. I was half, I was half like semi-retired in 2018. I had built um, some very successful sales channels and um, I had helped a lot of um, companies do really, really well with my skill set. And I've also always owned a business the last several decades. And so when I co-founded Radius, I would start to do things like, oh, we're in a new office now. I'm just going to take a video with my iPhone. And then I'd have my video person just make that into a video, put it out there in the world. Now, in the world of technology, especially um, depending on how geeky your listeners are. So in the world of AI technology, you require in order to operate something called GPUs, graphic processing units. The number one company for GPUs is NVIDIA. So I was asked to do a talk for NVIDIA at their annual largest AI developer conference, which is hilarious because my undergrad degree is psychology and I haven't written a line of code since 1992. But I took snippets of that and snippets of other talks. And then suddenly all of my tech friends are like, Susan, you know, can you speak at this event? Can you speak at this event? Can you do this? Because I took the same things I learned um, in any sort of, you know, social media deployment from anything and put it into tech and am one of the only people doing that. So when I speak at a big conference, I, you know, have someone in the audience take images from the iPhone and then, you know, turn it into a sizzle video. And so the reason I mentioned this is because with regard to your question, the era we're living in now and we have economic headwinds. We're dealing with um, what's going on in China. We are dealing with Ukraine. We are dealing with inflation. We are dealing with, um, you know, pick your 
you know, topic that you want to talk about, there's so much noise on social media. So what are you going to do to set yourself apart? And if you want to call that celebrity, call it celebrity. But my hypothesis is that you cannot be a successful entrepreneur, take a company that is going to scale and get it to a point that you can sell it unless you have some form of celebrity. It doesn't exist anymore because celebrities change the game of how entrepreneurship is done. It's so true. Well said. Thank you. Wow. It's like, <laughs> it, was like, it was information, but a lot of it. And, but I, I understand exactly what you mean because I, I lived it, right? Like before, you know, I was more brick and mortar type businesses and I was just nobody, right? And then, then when I shifted, when COVID hit, whatever, I started, you know, approaching people. It was so much more difficult. I'm not anywhere close to being a celebrity or anything. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that the the amount of attention that I'm getting because of this platform now compared to before is day and night. And I just can't even imagine, you know, how difficult it is difficult while I lived it, but it is difficult, especially when you're in the realm of, you know, mentorship or, or service oriented businesses, for example, if you don't have that kind of presence, if people don't know of you, if you're not out there consistently, if you don't have a brand like, like that speaks to them, it's so hard for anybody to know, like, and trust you, right? That celebrity component is, is I think, is such a foundation to entrepreneurship success. So that's great. Well, I would argue that you are a celebrity and you're not oh, never nobody you. because you're always somebody, somebody, thank right? You. I have five kids. I'm somebody, somebody to someone. Yeah. They, you know, talking about entrepreneurship and we look at different kinds of companies and um, different, I had the um, founder of FreshBooks who's, you know, built a multi-billion dollar company on my show. Mm -hmm. And we had this dialogue about, I always, when startups come to me and they say, you know, what should we do? The first thing I say is, what is your exit plan? And so the founder of FreshBooks like, oh, you should never think about the end. And I'm like, how you structure the beginning is very much related to how you're going to end it, right? Because mm -hmm. it's even like a marriage. If you say, yeah, for better, for worse, richer, for poorer, and I'm all in and I believe these vows. I mean, I've been with my husband. Um, we've known each other since high school, but we, you know, we've been together for um, over two decades and we're in it to win it. Yes, he drives me crazy and I drive him crazy, but we know divorce is not an option. Like, so it's the same thing with your company where you say, if I'm, my exit is to sell this thing or my exit is for my kids to inherit it. And I would never bet on that one. I, I don't, think any of my companies, do I ever think, oh, my kids are going to inherit them? No, they're going to have to build their own companies. Or do you think you're going to go public? If you think you're going to sell it, or you think you're going to go public, you better create that presence. Because at the end of the day, when you're looking for venture capital and um, Radius, when we were growing, we're still growing, obviously, but um, in the beginning, when we were an idea on a PowerPoint, we raised 7.1 million in seed capital. And in Silicon Valley, people were like, that's a lot of money to raise in seed capital. Where did you find it? Was it angels? Was it VCs? I said, no, it was a lot of my friends and um, friends of the other founders. But because they knew we had a presence and we were our word and we got things done and we executed, they were willing to write checks.
And it's the same thing when I look at VCs now and where they're deciding to put their money and less than two and a half percent of women led pitches to VCs get funded. So I know if I go to Silicon Valley and I'm pitching, there is a 97.5% chance that I'm not going to get money because I'm a woman. Okay, mm -hmm. and a visible minority woman. So I'm not just saying that it's not a political stance. It's just a fact. It's like how God mm -hmm. made me. So mm -hmm. here's the reality. If I know that I'm up against the wall, but at the end of the day, in that two and a half percent, I'm going to compete against someone who doesn't have the X factor, who isn't out there hustling. I know I'm going to get. It. Yeah, it's so true. So tell me more about radius. Like what, what is it? What is it? actually do and who does it serve sure so our company is in the computer vision space so we specialize in retail and in healthcare and we believe in human-centric ai our, our goal is to be the most trusted computer vision company in the world so when you think about ai sometimes there's a lot computer, of you know, sorry 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 interrupt computer vision meaning what is that exactly i'm not sure Sure. So that's a great question. So computer yeah. vision is essentially using vision devices to create rich data. So as an example, I'll give you, you know, a realistic example. So let's say in the London underground, there are security cameras there and they are following you from camera to camera. The reason they're doing this is because they want to make sure you're safe. Yes? Makes sense. Yes, yes. If we are using computer vision um, in other applications, so let's say we might, so at Radius, we'll use it in a retail setting. So we don't do facial recognition. We choose mm -hmm. not to. We don't need to. We don't think businesses really need to know who you are. But we're going to use the existing computer vision devices to help create rich data for those retailers so they can create better experiences for their customers. So let's give you a real example. Mm. In the gas station convenience store world, it drives people, the owners crazy if you just park at the pump and you go in the store, right? So what we'll do is we'll measure how long did the car stay there? Did that person get out of the car? Did they come in the store? Did they actually buy anything? And then we can turn that back to the retailer and say, hey, Based on what we're seeing, here are some ways that you can gain operational efficiency and increase your margins. During COVID, we were working with some of the largest hospitals um, because there's a massive nursing shortage. Nurses, you know, didn't necessarily want to be just doing COVID questionnaires. So we actually used our vision system at the largest hospital in the United States to pre-screen patients to help take the workload off of nurses. So our vision could detect if the person was wearing their mask. If it wasn't, they'd be prompted to. It could also detect if they had a fever or not. And um, we had a touchless questionnaire, Shahid. So they were able to like, have you had any of these symptoms? And then based on that, then the system would say, go see the nurse or go ahead and go straight to the department that you're supposed to be here for. So we help to take that burden off of nurses using AI computer vision. Mm, so computer vision to collect data, artificial uh, um, intelligence to um, get information from that data that helps the business.
Yes, that helps the business so, owner, helps yeah. the entrepreneur, mm -hmm. helps the customers. And we only take on customers who, and we only deal with enterprise level customers that value their employees and value the humans who are there and who want to be there. So our, that's why we say we're human-centric AI. Mm, that's amazing. We could do a that's whole a show human. on AI and I what know. AI is and what it isn't. Yeah. Is it sentient yet? Um, but yeah, that's that's what I do. And here's the here's the great news, entrepreneurs. I was not in technology uh, wow. five years ago. Wow! So you <laughs> you learned a lot quickly. Well, that's why I went. That's why I enrolled at MIT because yeah. when it, here's the thing: if you take nothing away from this episode, if you as I said, if you're your word, you execute, you can deliver, and you can sell, then you will never go hungry. That's what my father said. And so when you have those skills, whether you're selling a product or service or you're raising money for a company, um, you become in demand, especially when you deliver. You know? So when I came in for Radius, it was really to help with um, the overall optics on the company to help raise money. And then, you know, I, I didn't, I was, I was semi-retired, as I said, like I wasn't really looking for anything, but I really fell in love with what the company was doing, vision, what we stood for. And so as a result, I became a co-founder and now I sit in this rarefied air that if you Google AI computer vision CEOs, there's, um, two myself and Lisa Sue, who's over at AMD, there's, there's not. So, um, I get to be a stand for women in technology. I get to be a stand for entrepreneurs. I get to be a stand for entrepreneurs who, like me, immigrated to the United States. And, you know, and, and also um, of the self-made millionaires in the United States, over 40% of them are immigrants to the United States. Yeah, that's true. Where, where are you from? Which, uh, what's your, which country? Canada, actually. Canada. Okay. So that's where I am right now. Toronto, Canada. So, <laughs> that's, my, the, that's my hometown. Where exactly? Like what city? In Ontario or? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. That's okay. Yeah. So you moved there a while back. No. So I, I was born in Toronto. I grew up in Southeastern Ontario. And then when my husband and I left Canada, we were living um, in a place called Kingston, Ontario. Oh, yes. It's very close yeah. to us, about an hour, 15 minutes. That's mm -hmm. awesome. And then what kind of recommendation or suggestion you can give to the audience, for example, you know, when they have that those days, you must have them too. I'm not sure. But, you know, when you just don't feel like doing anything, you don't feel that motivation. Um, how do you get back into that action, into that um inspiration to go and say make that day on fire like what do you do do you have some kind of mantra or something do you do anything <laughs> about that sure sure I'll, I'll walk you through my day i uh yeah. as i said you know um i'm almost 50 and so mm. uh since you're in ontario this will be relevant to a lot of the folks so i'm going to talk about some nutrition stuff too so many years ago i was um a guest lecturer at queen's university george brown college my clients were the tragically hip i used to prep them for tours i was a celebrity nutritionist in uh at um in um yorkville ontario so so back in the day, my clients were all physicians, celebrities, rock stars. And I had a different philosophy when it came to health. 
And as someone, as I said, who was diagnosed with progressive MS, it was my personal choice. I didn't take the medications. You do you. In French, we say chacun son goût. You do, you know, to each his own. I chose not to, but I actually should have, um, went back to school. I studied homeopathic medicine. Um, and I did all sorts of things to what we now refer to as biohacking. So I had Dave Asprey, the founder of Bulletproof Coffee. He's been on my show. I'm a big Ben Greenfield follower. So in the world of biohacking, I'm going to, I preface this by saying, I'm going to walk you through my day. So it's very rare that I don't feel motivated because if your body is toxic, your mind is toxic, your thoughts are toxic, your actions are toxic. So every day I'm trying to hack just like I would if I was building an AI, I'm trying to hack and I'm trying to do it better and I'm trying to be more efficient. So I'll just walk you through. So first and foremost, I, um, start my day usually anywhere between 4 4 30 a.m i'm having black organic coffee i'm spending now an hour in prayer and meditation um as soon as i am done that i am going into my home office i'm sending um notes to all of my kids even my husband on the days he's driving me crazy it could be a motivational quote it could be something i appreciate about them and then i pick at least one or two other people and I'll send them a note card, I'll um, send them a text, something. And then I will look at what's going on in the markets. I go on market watch. I see what, um, because I invest in startups, but I also, um, you know, trade my own portfolio. And the only reason I do is because back in the, back in, the late 80s, I interned at a company called Richardson Green Shields. So I was doing manual portfolio like calculations. And then I did my stockbroker's uh, certification in Canada. So I go and I look at the markets. I look at charts. I, you know, do, you know, and here's the thing right now with the economy, you can say, oh my gosh, I'm losing so much money. Well, if you don't sell anything, you haven't lost any money yet. That's what Warren Buffett mm. would say. So that's as a sidebar. Mm. So that's what I do. Um, and then I, I do some kind of fasted cardio. So this morning it was a four mile run with intervals. It just depends. Sunday morning it was an eight and a half mile run. Then I come back, I, it's game on. You know, what am I doing that day? Being intentional. I do a lot of affirmations throughout the day. I'm favored, I am blessed, I'm happy, I'm healthy, I'm whole, I'm kind, I'm loving, I'm generous. I just keep going. And then um, I bust out, I have emails, I have slacks. Um, I have two assistants that handle international calendars for me. Um, so whatever they're not dealing with, I'm dealing with. And then I look at my day. And if something isn't in alignment with what I have as an objective for my life, not for the day, for my life, I cancel the meeting. So just before we started to do this show, Mark Victor Hansen, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul books, he's one of my mm -hmm. best friends. And Mark oh, wants nice. to do a book project with me. So just before this, I was on with Mark talking about a potential book project as an example. So, um, so anyway, so then I go and I'm, I have a lot of meetings. My assistants know that the first answer for most requests is often a no. Most meetings are 15 minutes. Sometimes they're 30 minutes. There has to be an intention to it. I travel a lot. Um, right now I'm constantly on the road. And then um, as soon as I come in from the day, I um, it's time with my kids. They everyone works out. We um, we just moved, and we have on our 
property um, in our community, we have a gym. So we all head to the gym before dinner together. We're all doing separate workouts. Then we come, we sit down as a family. Um, we say grace, we eat our food. And then I try and be in bed, usually reading fiction sometime between eight and nine at night. Um, and then I write out my intentions for the next day and I hit it again. And so in terms Amazing. of food, I do um, a lot of cilantro. It's um, it's naturally a chelator. It takes out heavy metals. I do a ton of wild blueberries from Maine to alkalize the body. I do amla in a protein shake before bed because it helps to detoxify the liver. I do ozone therapy. I take 30 to 40 supplements a day. Every Monday, I detoxify my body. So like just to give you perspective, like and you know, people would be like, you don't look 50. And it's like, I'm working at it. Our, right now in our lives, we are being bombarded with more toxins, more chemicals, more stress than anyone else has in history. So why are people eating like they did in the 70s and 80s when we're dealing with problems that are 2022 and beyond, right? It's, it's not even possible. So that's, you know, that's what the day looks like. And that's why to answer your question, I rarely, my husband would tell you, I'm but, really never not motivated. Yeah, that's excellent. I can relate to that because, you know, once you have a, a some type of a regimen or some type of mindset work in the morning, um, for me, like I don't miss that. Like it's an hour and a half every morning that I work on it. I find it that my day, it just continues on until I go to bed. It's just, it lights something and then it keeps with you the entire day. You know, I find it so important. That's why I wanted to know um, mm -hmm. because you have gained so much success. There has to be something that you do on a daily basis. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, and when I'm, when I'm working out, I am audio reading. Like I read, oh gosh, nice. Shahid, I read like three to four books a month. Right now nice. I'm reading Wireless Wars audio, reading that one. I'm reading a book by Peter Thiel. Cause when I go for long runs, sometimes I'll like audio read one book for 30 minutes. I'll do another book. I listen to podcasts, a ton of shows. Um, I even listen to my own show where, um, because like, you know, we have thousands what is of it listeners. Called? It's called Raw and Real Entrepreneurship. And so I've had some of the biggest household names in entrepreneurship. Jesse Itzler has been on the show. As I said, Dave Asprey has been on the show. Um, and, and they, you know, I'll listen to my own show because I want it to get better. I just recently said to my team, I want a whole other intro and I want the person doing the intro to sound like Morgan Freeman. So the off they went, they're like finding somewhat a voice talent that sounds like Morgan Freeman. Mm -hmm. And then over the weekend, I was like, I don't like how the intro looks and we're on everything. We're on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Amazon approached us, wanted the show. Facebook approached us. That's how I ended up getting the blue check mark without paying for it, like a lot of people do, because they, yeah. you know, they wanted the show. And I didn't like the description. So I said to the team, okay, we're changing the description. So I'll listen to my own show, even just because I want to get better. And I, I think that's the biggest thing that I want everyone to understand who's listening. And it's, you know, take a page from Shahid, who is like, you know what? My life was okay, but I knew I could be better. And in the book, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles, it's what the movie The Secret was based on, that one of the things he writes about is no matter where you're at, so you're listening to the show and you work at Tim Hortons in the drive-thru, or you're listening to the show and you started a business on um, Shopify and it isn't taking off yet, or you have an Etsy store, whatever it is you're doing, whatever, wherever you're at, 
you make the most of that space. You be like the goldfish in the bowl you're at. You grow as big as you can because you're not going to get into the next level of tank until you make the most of where you're at and you stand out doing it. Mm. Susan, first of all, I want to, you know, I'm grateful because you said yes to us. So that's great. I remember a time when I was, Ken, our podcast manager, he would, I would, I would tell him, you know, find these guests, like get the, 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 the eight figure, nine figure entrepreneurs, bring them on the show. Let's spread their message. Let's help people. The poor guy would just keep trying, keep trying. Nothing was happening. Like people would just not even reply to the email like at all. Right. And then now we're at a place where, you know, entrepreneurs like Susan, like you, like, saying yes to us i'm 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 more than grateful like i'm i'm ecstatic i'm very happy and and i'm grateful that i'm able to share this stage with people like you to be able to serve others because the more we can give the way you're saying like someone working at tim horns though that way that kind of message if it went to someone's ears into their consciousness and they realize wait a minute I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going because that's what you have to do. You just got to keep going. Don't give up. It's all a mindset game. And I'm, I'm, again, thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. Well, the credit is to you because um, I get a lot of requests and my team um, and our, our, the person who produces our show is actually based out of Canada. And so she will research people like crazy and she won't even bring it to me unless she's done the homework. So that's the credit that's is amazing. you. Um, wow. And, you know, we have a, we have a test, um, you know, yeah. is it, is it adding value to people's lives? Who is the yes. message going to? And so yes. the credit is all yours, Thank my you. friend, and keep on Thank crushing you. it. And if someone is listening who does work at Tim Hortons, give us a shout out on social media. My Instagram is at Susan Sly. Um, there are a bunch of fake poser accounts, um, LinkedIn at Susan Sly. I actually return all of my personal LinkedIn messages unless you're trying to sell me something, which I'm not going to. It's amateur hour on the first approach. It's like trying to get married on the first date. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> Twitter, it's Susan underscore Sly. And, um, you know, I think the more you digest incredible information from other entrepreneurs, the more likely it is you are that, you know, you're going to succeed. So um, thanks for everything you're doing you. in the entrepreneurial oh. world. No, oh, thank you, Susan. That's so nice of you. So kind of you to say that. And when it comes to entrepreneurship and the ability to spread that message, like you are, because you're already at an established place, right? And when, the the part that you mentioned about the research to see what kind of value the show is adding, and that's when determines one of the factors, right? That determines you to go on a show. That means that you are. You are what you do on a daily basis is in the vision of helping others. And that's a key component. You know, you add value. Just don't worry about success and money. Just keep adding value. All those things happen by default as you're experiencing it too. Absolutely. Well, if you're if you're game for this, so when I have Canadians on my show, uh, yeah. we play a little Canadian uh, rapid fire. Are you down for that? Okay, sure. All right. So I'm let's not, go. I'm not very good, but okay. Let's no, go. it's, it's, there's, it's not trivia. It's just personal okay. interest questions. Okay, okay. So, all right. Your favorite Canadian sports team? Me, uh, Leafs. The Leafs. Okay. Condolences. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> favorite, favorite Canadian food? <sighs> Beaver tail. <laughs> 
I don't know if it's a full food, but I can just eat sweets. So it for is, me, that's, I, I that's think a food. It, I think it, I th- it could be a full food. And did you know, here's a fun bit of trivia. So I live in Scottsdale, Arizona now. And um, so a lot of my friends are Canadians. There are over a million Canadians in Arizona. And we actually have a beaver tails in Chandler, Arizona. So there oh, you have wow. it. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. So Favorite good. Canadian celebrity? Uh, Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Jim Carrey, I'm I'm glad you didn't say Justin Bieber. I have a Justin oh. Bieber story. Yeah. <laughs> now I was staying at the Hazelton Hotel um, back before Justin was married to Haley or dating Selena. And one night I was, um, for those of you who are familiar with Toronto, you'll know where the Hazelton is. It's like down in Yorkville. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was there and I was sound asleep Shahid and then suddenly like all this noise and it's like two in the morning and Justin was coming back and there were all these girls outside screaming and um it was just it was mayhem so Justin Bieber interrupted my sleep in not a good way but um anyway um I do hope he feels You're holding better grudges, I, come on <laughs> not holding grudges I do hope he feels no. better but I do yeah, I do guard yeah. my I do guard my sleep so of that course, was my yes. my little bit of Canadian uh rapid fire um, that's amazing trivia for you <laughs> well, that's great thank you so much for sharing you know um it also it also brings back um a, a guest that we had on our show i can't shoot i'm bad with names sometimes i forget that but his name is mark something but he's uh he was an ex like cia um investigator like he's one of those guys that finds loopholes in companies that um that someone could kind of infiltrate, you know, like mm-hmm. through any mm-hmm. avenue. Yeah. And that's what he does. He investigates like deep down. Right. So before he came on a show, that's what he said in one of the episodes. I didn't publish yet, but he said the same thing. He goes, um, I'm on this show for a reason. I go, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, we, we ask you to come. He goes, no, uh, this is what I do for a living. And I did that about you. That's why I'm here. And I said, mm-hmm. it felt so amazing. And then today, again, I've, I heard it from you and it feels really great. It's working. We're serving people. It's getting out their information. And I'm really happy that you came on the show. And I would like you to share any last minute suggestions you may have for the audience that could help them. Uh Great question. Um, so many, I would, I would say. Firstly, uh, kudos if you're, if you're, if you're here until the end. Kudos to you because uh, Jim Rohn and I did several speaking events together, including the last one where he spoke live in Dallas, Texas. Amazing. And Jim used to say, "Less than ten percent of people will finish a book," and I know less than ten percent of people actually finish a show. So, <clears throat> I would say this: if someone tells you to do something that is ethical and moral and they're at a level of success you desire to achieve just do it and think about it later so we've built radius to a nine-figure valuation and i have friends who are billionaires i have friends you know who are are very wildly successful in many arenas and if mark victor hansen tells me to read a book or harvey mckay my mentor tells me to you know watch something or whatever I am going to do it, Shahid, because I am not settling for anything less than living into everything God wants me to be. So that's what I would say. Beautiful. Beautiful. And we also always ask what your inner superpower is that got you to this point. 
Oh my gosh. I did, um, I did the Ironman in Malaysia in 2001 with a fractured pelvis wow. and it was the most painful thing I did. And I came eighth in the pro women. And I also flatted out all of my tires. The story is legend. What I've done speaking events with like Tony Robbins and Jack Hanville, Robert Kiyosaki, all these people. And they always like, oh, it's the fractured hip girl. Anyway, so my superpower is that I am willing to put pain on a shelf as long as it is for the greater good of everyone else. We have gone from eight people to 86 employees with radius on three different continents to US offices in a year. And I don't have the luxury of showing up and not being determined. And just because I don't feel like it that day because people's paychecks are riding on my results. So I would say that's my superpower. Amazing. Well, you know what? You added so much value and the information that you shared I'm sure it's going to impact many and everything that you have online, like all your contact information will all be shared in the show notes. So people will have an ease of access to, to you. And I do ask the audience that, you know, you can see Susan is someone that is for the people and she's trying to, or doing what is needed to create in this world that we live in. So if you have any way that you would like to connect with her, she, all her social media will be available. Get in touch with her, follow her uh, social media, engage with her, um, engage with my social medias. The more you're around this information, the better you will get. But don't be just taking that information, con continuously accumulating information. In information needs direction. And then direction, you need to take that direction that needs massive action. Get into action, and I know you guys can do it. And Susan, thank you so much again for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on this show. I just want to let you know, and I say this to all my guests, that if anywhere I can help, if there's something you're launching, if there's something you want to uh, announce on Instagram, we can do a live, anything that you would like uh, from our end, let me know. And uh, I love supporting um, entrepreneurs like yourself. And again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. And uh, to everyone, whatever you're taking away, let us know on social because that's what the whole goal is in getting this message out to the world stop having the fear and just jump into entrepreneurship because it's absolutely worth it. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Susan. Bye. Thank you.